that we're going to be studying for the next Sunday or few, and I hope somehow that you will not take this lesson as offense, but you'll take it as a warning, as a learning. Hallelujah. I never read such a true lesson, and it's so true today. In the hour we lived in, it was back yonder before Israel ever come into the promised land. In fact, this lesson takes place about 38 years after Israel, 38, 39 years after Israel so stood up and said we're not able to go over there because of men telling them and describing to them of the real giants, the fenced cities. They told them partly truth, but they didn't tell them all truth. They had not confidence in God. Well, I'm going to tell you something. You're looking at a man who's got confidence in God all the way. And I hope and pray tonight, to this morning, that before that I would lose my completely confidence in God, I hope and pray that God would wipe me out. It would be better for you to be wiped out at an early age than for you to lose your confidence in God, in the Word of God. You would be much better. Hallelujah to God. But this subject today is organized rebellion. You see, rebellion is don't come just on the spur of the moment. You do not rebel against the Word of God and the church of God and the ministry on the spur of the moment. You've got to have a plan in your mind. And the devil's going to give you that plan. He's going to give you all kinds of excuses for what you did and why you did it. But could I tell you this one thing, friend? Every one of them won't hold up in the sight of God, according to this word. There is no excuse for any of us in here today. If I don't miss, don't go to heaven, you can't say, well, that old preacher was just too hard on me. He rode up and down my back. And he's the reason that I didn't go to heaven. Because he was just too stinking mean. That's not going to be your excuse, friend. That's not going to be your excuse. You can use it as that excuse, but that's not going to be your excuse. Your excuse is because you had built up in your mind, in your heart, to rebel against the Word. You're not rebelling, but people... God stopped Moses and said, Moses, they're not rebelling against you. It's you as a human being. Get that out of your mind. It's my word that they're rebelling against. It's me that they don't like. It's not you. The devil would like to make it, you believe it's a man that you don't like, but it's a spirit that you don't like. Even if you're in the world, if you don't like a person that's in the world, it's not him 
It's, it's his spirit. It's his attitude. So, oh, I know that, of course, the Bible teach, does teach us, too, that the preacher's going to be blamed with everything. But let me tell you something. Let me remind you something. He said, I'm going to make their head as hard as flint, too. So you're not going to have any effect on them. What you say is just going to bounce off until it begins to penetrate into them. Isaiah, the 63rd chapter, we're going to take our text from Hallelujah. And uh, our two verses that we're going to be talking about. And the ninth and the tenth verse. We read all of that. Uh, you'll start at the seventh down there. I want you to notice this. He said, in all their afflictions, he was afflicted. What are you talking about? In all of their affliction, he was afflicted. He felt what they felt. Jesus never just put us out here before he went through it, and he felt the same thing that you and I felt. He is a human part. I hear here a while back we talked on the subject of the humanity of God and the divinity of God. He was human, but he was also divine. You're human. And we don't want to forget that you're just human yet. But I want to remind you, if you've been redeemed by the blood of Christ, you also got a divine part of you, too, in you. Hallelujah. What is that divine part? The Holy Ghost. And if you don't have the Holy Ghost, you don't have the divine part. You're all human. That's what the book says. In his love and in his pity, he redeemed them. And he bare them and carried them all the days of old. I want you to notice here what God done for them. Did that save them? No, 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 no. This next verse tells you what they done. But they rebelled and waxed. And vexed his Holy Spirit. Therefore he was turned to their to be their enemy. And he fought against them. And all of the good things that God shall you may be seated. We're gonna take your chapters in a minute, but just let me just get this off of my mind right now. The first verse said in told us about his goodness and his concern and how that he in their sins and in their way that how that God bore him up and he used angels convincing and trying to bring them 
into the perfect unity that man had fallen away from from the Garden of Eden. But did that help them? The next verse answers it. They had organized rebellion against him. And when they did, and when they did, and when we do, and when you do, and when I do, or whoever it might be, when we do, the vexation of God, the wrath of God, will turn against you no matter how much He loved you and how much He redeemed you and no matter how much He was patient and long-suffering. But the vexation of God turned against us. What did He turn for? Was it for the way manner that they walked? Was it, did He turn from the manner of how they followed it? Oh, they followed Him in the wilderness. But in their following, they organized rebellion to try to overthrow him. It has never stopped. Hallelujah to God. God love your heart. I'm not going to take a lot of time, but I want Brother Yevelton to preach to us this morning. But I want you to take a deep consideration of this lesson that we're going to talk about for the next few Sundays. Organize rebellion. Organize rebellion. So I don't have no rebellion in me. You tell me I'd to come here and sweep the floor, I'd do it. You tell me to come wash the walls, I'd do it. You tell me to come cut the grass, I'd do it. But let me ask you one other little question, honey. In what kind of spirit would you do it? Would you do it because it, you wanted to do it? Or would you do it because you was asked to do it? Would there be that willingness in your heart that you would do it? If it isn't, if you do it, say, well, if I don't do it, he'll preach on me. If I don't do it, somebody will know that I was, I was at church. Let me beg you one thing. You, it would be better for you to open because God's going to expose that spirit just as sure as we're here one of these days. He's going to expose every evil spirit that's in us one of these days just as sure as we're sitting in this building. There is no escape. Hallelujah. There is no escape. Oh, well, it's all right. You know that, you know, you know, you know. I know, too. I know what the book says, too. All along they were going. This event that we're going to study about taking care, taking, happened about 38 to 39 years after they had turned back. Boy, he said taking them all that length of time to get it all up. Yeah. Sure did. Because he wrote about it. Hallelujah. Well, let me stop here. Sister Dee Dee needs to get back in the back. Let's get our chapters down here right quick. About 13 years old. Well, 13, something like that. Just at the age that he thought he was getting up into his manhood. And thought he was a real smart man. And I said, I'm going to take him. 
And I said, now, Paul, will you cooperate with me if I'll give you a reward? Yeah. Everybody cooperate and give a reward. Hallelujah. I'm still talking about organized rebellion. I said, Paul, if you'll read, his name wasn't Paul. But I said, Paul, if you'll read at least 10 chapters every Sunday and read them and won't lie. And at the end of this quarter, if the Sunday school class can't see a change in your attitude, I'll buy all of you all, I'll take you out to the restaurant, and I'll buy all, give all of you a steak dinner. Brother, that was some money. I said, would you cooperate and do that? Yes, sir, brother. I sure would. That first Sunday or two, brother, it was 10 on the bot. 10 on the dot. And as it went on, after a while, it got to be 15 and 20. And boy, he began to perk up, and he was happy to give. He, I believe he got it up to 50 or 60. Man, he was right happy of it. I didn't say a word. I just kept taking the chapters, never mentioned it no more. Only every once in a while I'd say, remember our steak dinner? How many of you ready for that steak dinner? And boy, their hands would go up. Everybody's ready to eat the wrong thing. <laughs> Slipped that in on you, didn't I? Hallelujah to God. So at the end of the sixth week, they was all anxious. I said, okay, here's the final test. I said, stand up, Paul. I said, can you all see any difference about him? They said, yeah, we sure do. I said, what is the difference? He's more alert. He's more pleasant. I said, how's his attitude? Oh, it's real good. I said, y'all just saved me a buying a steak dinner. I said, remember the bargain. If there was no change in you, what are you talking about, friend? I'm talking about this one thing. The Word of God will make a change in you. It's God. It's God that makes a change. It's the Word that makes a change. Although you may have a rebound spirit about you, but if you'll get out and seek the face of God, and you'll read the Word of God, it will change your life. Hallelujah to God. But without it, there's no change. Hallelujah. It wasn't two weeks till that boy had the Holy Ghost. That's what God will do for you. That's what, exactly what God will do for you. Oh, we talk, we talk about the benefits of God, and all of us want the benefits of God. But when it comes to giving anything towards God, we don't want to do that. Hallelujah to God. When it comes to giving our, offering our lips and praise and our hearts towards God. The Bible said in one place, it said, you draw near to me with your lips, but your hearts are far from me. You see, there is a spirit that gets down into our hearts. In the setting of this lesson, somehow, Israel had been already, they had been turned around. 
because that there was a false report that was given to them. Because somebody said, oh, yes, it's just like you said it was over there. It's uh, flowing with milk and honey and the grapes are such delicious things. And my God, it's on the flower bed of ease. But you see, somehow, the enemy of your soul come in and he slipped in. And the thoughts and the minds of people that these people that went over there, they were renowned. The Bible said they were renowned people. They were people that know something. They know the characteristic of a country. They was not no dummies. They know what they were talking about. But somehow, the enemy slipped in. Yeah, but they got walls that you couldn't break down. They got armies that is well equipped. They have got men over there that could just step on the top of my head and make a just a little greasy spot out of me. Bible don't say that, but I'm just using that as my imagination. Now be careful today what you say, what the Bible says. Because there's always some smart aleck Bible scholars ready to catch you. I'm not adding to it. But hallelujah, they said we look like grasshoppers. So that lets me know that grasshopper, you can just put your foot on him and squish him. Hallelujah. And because of that false report. Now let me tell you something, church. I want to just drop that. I want you to consider that me. I want you to consider the position that a preacher's in. Hallelujah to God. Do you see these people preaching Trump a part of this truth? Everybody's using the Bible. And everybody looks like they're going the same direction. And they probably are. But they're not going on the same path. Hallelujah. But because of that false report, and God was angry with them, and he sent them back, back through the wilderness. And they had been back there nearly 39 years. 38 years. And don't you kid yourself, Brian. They had talked about, they had communicated with one another about, bless God, we was almost there. And look here what's happened to us. Just let me explore with my mind and my imagination, my paraphrasing just a little bit with me. Hallelujah to God. In the act of what happened at the very break edge of Jordan, that people stood in that congregation and believed Caleb and Joshua. Could I tell you that I believe somehow as they turned back and started wandering back through that wilderness, I believe that people there, Brother Yavelton, would have went on over with Joshua and Caleb and all of those. Hallelujah to God. But through the process of going back through that journey, they began to murmur in their heart and said, look how close we come to it. And there was doubt began to get into their hearts and into their minds. Hallelujah to God. These people was not dumb people either. 
I want you to know. Hallelujah to God. And the priesthood, you hear me, the priesthood, begin to some of the fellows in the priesthood, was born in the royal family, was taken and they said, uh, well, look, bless God, we're from Abraham's seed. Core, hallelujah to God that was called to wait upon that. But there was something begin to get into his heart. There was jealousy begin to get there. And I want you to know one thing, friend. If you're possessed with a jealousy spirit, it'll destroy you. The Bible said jealousy is cruel as a grave. Hallelujah to God. And they begin to rise up. And they said, who? Moses and Aaron think there's something. Who do they think they are? No doubt you just let me explore with my mind going back into that wilderness with them fellas. Hallelujah. I can see they said, well, if Moses was so great and everything was so pious and he was called to be the man of God, why didn't he carry us on over there? And then they begin to doubt his authority. Hallelujah to God. And they begin to doubt his ability. And they begin to doubt Aaron's ability. Let me tell you one thing. And I know I'm talking up for maybe for me, but I'm going to tell you something. We need to put the ministry back in the pulpit. We need to put the ministry where it belongs and get it out of the pews with people. Hallelujah to God. Whenever you begin to doubt a man that's leading you and you begin to question his life, I'm going to tell you you're fixing to be swallowed up in this world. Hallelujah to God. Yeah, but I've seen him do some things that was kind of shady. That's none of your affair. I said, that's none of your affair. That one of the verses in the top in, uh, where your lesson is taken from, he said, touch not mine on and I do them no harm. Hallelujah. After David had been anointed a king and after he was God's choice, I want to remind you that after Saul had backslid and after Saul somehow he had lost out with God because of his great prestige. And David taking advantage of him. Hallelujah to God. And cut the lapel of his coat off. And brought it out in a lock of his hair. I want you to remind you, though Saul was a corruptible man, but God charged David with his wrongdoing. Hallelujah to God. Yeah, but if we don't get up and take some kind of issue against it, where are we all going to land up? I'll tell you where you're going to land up when you get up and take a charge against it. You're going to end up in the world swallowing you up. Corruption getting in your mind. Sin overrode you. 
death penalty is going to be punished. Let me tell you something. We are not living. We are not serving a God that is a dead God. But we are serving a God that is able to move the king to rule ours. It's in his hands and not in yours. Hallelujah. When we begin to preach like that, they say it's another Jim Jones. That's another cult arising. I want you to know, honey, that that book don't teach against corruption. That book don't teach. That book teaches against corruption. It don't teach against uh, uh, things that rub me and rise up. Uh, that we got a God. And I want to remind you that Jesus Christ can remove Alexander from out of the out of the way. But he didn't leave it in your hands to do it. Or anybody else. Hallelujah. Or Moses and Aaron, they think they're they're just too much. (laughs) We pray. We see them going in that temple. You know what was their uh, problem? They thought because that they were from the lineage of the Levites, that they could do just anything they wanted to. But you've got to understand that God had certain positions, and he had certain offices, and qualified Levites to do it. Some of them wasn't qualified to do it. Hello. Praise God. So it grieved Moses. Yes, he did. Hallelujah. It wasn't the plan of God. See, they didn't charge God. Should have noticed something. They didn't charge God. Oh, I got to quit. They didn't charge God. You're not going to charge God. That book said they charge Moses and Aaron. Justifications for their organized rebellion. Hallelujah. Them fellows back there in that wilderness. Man, they they built a case there that was foolproof. They had a case against Moses and Aaron. They did a lot of politics. That's why politics, any kind of politics, is corruptible. I've watched politics and organizations ruin good men. Hallelujah. There's something about politics, honey. If that spirit ever gets a hold of you, it's hard, hard to shake that thing off. Praise God. And you know something when there's a spirit about it? That you're always going to be on the top. And could I tell you something, friend, today? There's a spirit about that thing that, bless God, let me be shouldering high. That was Saul's problem. 
That was Saul's problem. He was head and shoulder higher than the rest of them. He was a very humble man. And he was very meek, but somehow his position got the very best of him. And it caused him to lose out with God. Could I tell you one thing? Let me tell you something, friend. If you've got a gift in this church or any other church or anybody else, you need to administer it unto God. You need to administer it with a quite easy spirit, a humble spirit. Recognize that it's not you, but it's God Almighty. Hallelujah is laid it in your lap. And when it possesses you, you need to lay it aside a while. You need a good case of repentance. I'm just sure to tell you, you choice singers and you choice musicians, whenever that spirit begins to get a hold of you and you think nobody can do it like you can, you are getting into an organized rebellion. Hallelujah to God. I don't want to be antagonizing and I don't want to be a, a pessimistic, but I want to remind this church of one thing, friend. I want you to know that I can have church without any singers. I can have church without any musicians. I can have church without any authority. By God, I'm going to tell you something. What we need today is the power of God. Hallelujah. I love every bit of it. And it's ordained of God. But whenever it becomes an organized rebellion against you, it'll send you to hell. Oh, God, help me. Somehow. God, help us somehow to return back to the old basics and the old time salvation. Uh, Jude made, made mention of it this way. He said, I give all diligence to remind you of this common salvation that was once delivered unto the saints. Hallelujah to God. And I know that God had these other things that was placed in the church. But I want you to notice one thing, what he said. He said, this common salvation. What is a common salvation? It is saying that people want to bypass. It's saying that people don't want to go do. This common salvation is a deathbed, a, re a resurrection. Hallelujah. It's repenting of your sins and filling of the Holy Ghost, hearing from God, letting the power of God operate and being a new creature in Jesus. Anything of that, that won't work. Oh, let me, wait a minute now. Oh, God. Let me tell you something. When you desire a seat, you need to forfeit that seat for your soul's sake. When you do not desire recognition, I had a fellow tell me one time in Brother Cavendish Church in Shelbyville, Indiana, said he had a lady there in that church, said she was one of the richest 
lady widow women that you ever saw somehow. They were real rich, I guess, had a lot of money and a lot of possessions and good investments that invested them, that made them rich. Said, look like everything that they touched would turn to gold. Hallelujah to God. And said they were very, very, very much. But said that old woman would come into that church and she would go down there amongst the very poorest people that maybe didn't smell just right, people that wasn't dressed to the very highest. And there she would sit amongst them. Hallelujah to God. What was she doing? She was breaking down the pride that could come up. Hallelujah, that high-minded stuff. I want you to know tonight, friend, you and I better be careful because there can be an organized rebellion begin to get into our hearts. Hallelujah to God. Oh, God help me today. Let me tell you something, church. Oh, these fellas along these times, they begin to get around the very officials, if you please. They begin to get around the very leaders. The Bible said that they went to the leaders of Israel. Hallelujah to God, the ones that was leading the tribes and the ones that was governors over the tribes. And they were very, very renowned people. And they gathered them up, 250 of them bullies. Hallelujah, they wasn't common people. They wasn't people that was not capable of living. Hallelujah, he got him 250 of the very choicest part of Israel. Hallelujah. Why did he choose them out? You know, it wasn't just that 250 set against Moses and Aaron. But their influence, that 250 had influence on, over they, who they were at, over. And it looked like to them boys, looked like the core Miriam and all of that bunch. It was called like they had the thing sewed up. What they were going to do. Oh, they was going to expose Moses' ignorance and his inability. You better watch that spirit. I said, you better watch that spirit. The preacher may make a mistake. He may misquote a, a scripture. You hear me today. You've got to realize he's human being. And he may not be the scholar, the, uh, the IQ reader that you are. But you've got to realize and remember one thing, and he's got the anointing of God on him. God has placed him there. He didn't put you there. Hallelujah. He may not have nothing but a third grade in education. But you know, I'm going to tell you something, friend. The difference is that God has called. Hallelujah. I can take you to a preacher that's got a great big church. He didn't, he's got a third grade education. He got the call of God on his heart. And God blessed him above all of them highfaluters. Praise God. He went to work on the book. And God educated him over all of the educators. 
Hallelujah. Praise God. But these buddies, they got the choices, fellas. The rulers. That didn't take, that didn't start overnight, friend. And could I tell you the thing that starts in your heart don't start overnight. It gradually comes in. You know what it started? Well, I'm going to go tonight. If I don't, that Alexander, you ain't got no sense. He'd get up and try to expose me, and everybody know it. I wasn't. Organized rebellion. Organized rebellion. I want to tell you something. They started working on Israel. And God let it happen. And Moses didn't rise up against it. You better be careful in your life when you begin to get something about you just because a preacher don't get up and bang, 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 bang at it. Some of them I noticed they sold up here the other night. I can feel your spirit. And above everything, God knows your heart. He's looking everyone in your heart. They got it sold up here the other night whenever I begin to talk about these Pentecostals, Holy Ghost people, buying their kids muscle shirts. Little old fellas. Say, well, I'm little old fellas. It doesn't make any difference how little they are. Could I get, could you get some between your ears that the Bible said, bring them up in the way that they would go? And these jogger shorts. Could I tell you, you're playing the part of a fool. I know your spirit, it rises up against it, but it makes no difference. God is against it. I don't, I don't know. Maybe this is just me. But uh, you ain't got no business out there on the street with your kid in pamper diapers and just a little old cover over his shoulders. It's a poor example of Christianity. Hallelujah. God has called us to be holy people. I might as well kill all the camp, not just cut part of his tail off. Hallelujah. And let him bleed to death. I'm talking about organized rebellion. These fellas, they thought about it a long time. They was jealousy got in their hearts. Said, well, I'm a priest, just I'm from Aaron. Moses. Born, I was born that way. Now they can't keep it from me. Hallelujah. You men that gets on that rostrum, you ain't got no business up there unless you got a tie and a clean shirt and I prefer it to be white. To lead any kind of service. Whether it's young people or whether it's regular service. Why? Because you're a representation 
of the church of the living God. Let me remind you again that them priests did not go into that temple at no time to perform any part of God until they had the garments on of the regular priesthood that they were supposed to have. Hallelujah to God. If they would have went in there, they was counted as naked. Woo! Hallelujah to God. Say, I don't like that kind of preaching. Well, honey, I'm going to tell you, if I didn't think that kind of preaching would get you into heaven, I wouldn't do it. If I was out there just for your dollar, I could make it a lot easier. And I could make it a lot more. But if I never got a dime, and I never got nothing, it would still be the word of God. Because I got to say my own time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. And let me just tell you another little story. You ain't got no business of coming up here and propping yourself upon one of them chairs unless you got a decent haircut. Hallelujah to God and your heart's clean. You need to sit back with all the other sinners. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, we're just not living in that time. God, the Bible said that God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let me tell you something, friend. Oh, God, help me to be very kind. Oh, God, help me to help you to be saved. Hallelujah, that's all I'm interested in. I want you to know, my friend, it's a dangerous thing for us to come up and sit up here with sin in our life. Violating the wall of the Word of God. Oh, Brother Alexander, Brother Yelvinson, you'll have to preach devil tonight. Oh, Say, Brother Alexander, you just don't, you are not using much wisdom. Maybe I'm not. But I want to remind you, under the tabernacle law, that God had a place and a certain position for everybody to sit and to gather around that tabernacle. Those Gentiles was not permitted. Those sinners was not permitted to even come up around the tabernacle. The Bible said they had courts out there to sit in. And yet, some of us will get up here right on, looking somebody come up. I'm looking for this to happen. And it might happen, but you watch me. And you see what's going to happen too. Hallelujah for some of them to come up and cock on a, some old sinner. Some old rebellion parent come up and cock his foot up on the, sit on the altar bench, cock his foot and look you to our congregation. What are you going to do, Brother Alexander? I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to come over that pulpit and lay my hands on him. And you say, you come out of him, you devil, you. You can't stay in this place. Get out of here. My God. 
just watch me and shave it out to us. What will it be? It'll be God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. So you, I've had people tell me, so you can't have a church preaching what you preach. Got one. And I got one of the best ones in the world. And I'm not boasting about this. God forbid it would be any boasting. Got a church here that well takes care of their pastor. I don't have to harp on tithes and giving. I don't have to harp on begging and pulling. Brother Yavin, all I got to do is get up and say, man, church, we got a need of it meet. Hallelujah to God and God in their hearts. Rallies to it. And I thank God for it. It's not me, but you see that we are doing it unto. It's not the man that we are doing it unto, but it's God Almighty. It's because of what God has done for you and I. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. All honor belongs to Jesus Christ. All praise is blown to him. Not honor to Alexandria. Hallelujah. Only respect of the office. That feeling, uh, the tie between the ministry and the pulpit, honey. You're losing God. You begin to organize rebellion. Hallelujah to God. Oh, they got along pretty good. 39 years had elapsed. We got everything going our way, we got the crowd. 250 renowned men, leaders, governors. There's no way for us to lose. Oh, but they forgot one thing, friend. They forgot the God of Israel. And when you forget the God of your salvation, you forgot it. And there will be Rebellion in your heart. You're not. You're not. Hold back to give some kind of little old lying excuse because you weren't in church. You'll willfully come out and do it. You can get by me, but there's a God in heaven you're not going to get by. Mark it down. Mark it down. Oh, in Moses and Aaron's humanity, part of their life. Dear God, they thought that they had come to the end of their ropes. They thought that they had had problems, but they had had no problems. They thought somehow that, my God, that we would come through a lot of things, and no doubt that God reminded them the manna and the rock and all of those things that he was supplying their need. 
No doubt that they had thought about that. They said, but this is more than we can stand. All Israel's against us. All Israel against us. Hallelujah to God. And they fell on their face before God. And when they fell on their face, that's when they got their answer. When they begin to fall on their face, and could I tell you one thing? Friend, if you're in problems and trouble, and you're in heartaches and sorrow, when you begin to fall on your face, that's when you begin to get the answer. You're not going to get an answer from some psychologist. Could I tell you, you're not going to get an answer from some religious counselor. See, we've got organized religious counselors today that is set up, educated in every field of the humanity part of humanity. And they think they got all the answers, but they didn't have the answers. Hallelujah, for many years that God had had his hand and led Moses. They could not deny the things that happened through Moses. But they begin to get some doubt. You see, friend, let me tell you something. It's a very dangerous thing to get too familiarity with one another. When you begin to get too familiar with one another, friend, there's beginning to get doubt, begin to raise up. Hallelujah to God. And you see somehow that they, they, they just take Moses for granted. Same old, same old, same old, same old. How many have I heard through the little bird Tweedle in the hour that he carries a message here in Jennings, to some of you that says, well, it's the same old, same old, same old, same old, same old, same old. Same song, same verse, and same tune. That's what they thought. Let me tell you, I'm going to come to a close, and I'm sorry I've taken up Brother Yellison's time. Hallelujah to God. I'm going to tell you something. There was a time that God tolerated it. And let me tell you, that, that just let me bring, bring you to remind you what this lesson brings us to. 39 years they had been doing that, but they was only going to be in the wilderness 40 years. God was fixing to deliver Israel into the promised land. And I want you to notice a parallel of that that setting in that scripture and how fitting it sets with us today. They were murmuring and they were complaining and they were grumbling and belly aching. Oh, Moses. We're living in that generation today. We're living where men of renowned men, men of abilities, men of teaching, men, men of leadership is organizing, a, getting it all together. And they're all coming together. And they've got all the congregation. They've got swarms of them. Hallelujah to God. And you can just mark it down, friend. It won't be many days until they're going to rise up and they're going to say, well, uh, oh, 
we're more of us than they are you. Now, we have the same ability that you have, and we're stupid enough to believe and to be scared of them fellers. I want to tell you something, friend. They could all rise up, and they could all do whatever they please. But you're looking at a man that's done gone too far down the road. He done knows too much about to God with the help of God that I'm going to stay on this pathway. What are you going to do, Brother Alexander? I'll tell you what there's only thing to do to get the deliverance. Hallelujah to God. And that is to fall on your face before God. I may not have all the answers and I may not remind you of all the time. But I'm going to tell you there's a God in heaven. Hallelujah. When you fall on your face before God, he's going to intercede. And he told Moses, he said, bring him out here. And I'm a tired of them fellers murmuring against me. You of our scriptural key verse. It said he pitied him. He loved him. He had the angels to upbear him. He had all of those, those things. But yet, and all the things that he done for him, they yet rebelled against him. All right. You're so dead sinner that you're right. Get them together. He said, Moses, you tell them this thing. Hallelujah. Give me just a little bit more time, will you? He said, Moses, you tell them this thing. He said, Moses, just a minute, man. But he said, you tell them this thing. you're not the leader and they're the leader then uh, what you said will go down and you've been false but he said if you're the leader the very ground where they stand on is going to crumble out from under them and the earth is going to swallow them up let me tell you something friend did you know that's a hard saying for God to tell a man and he stand before people, hundreds of people. That's a hard saying. He's, he better know what he's talking about. He better have God on his side. He better be sure that it was God. What did he put him on the spot? Hallelujah to God. He put him down on the spot. And he said, now he stood to change of maybe doing all of this and leading through all of this wilderness. And it was a possibility that Moses could have been a false leader doing the will of God, but with not all of his heart. And God would have honored it. I want you to know, friend, he gave him the acid test. And you're going to get the acid test in your life. Hallelujah. You remember Jehu? He tore down all the groves. He destroyed all of the images 
except just a few. He did the work of God, and God honored it. He killed all of them. But the Bible said he didn't do it with all his heart. He kept back the things of which one of them was it now? Rimbaud. He kept the calf back. He did everything but just one little thing. But let me tell you something, friend. God destroyed him. So Moses looked at them boys out there, 250 of them, eyeball to eyeball. He said, all right, boys. You all claim that you're just as well a leader as I am. You're just as good a Bible scholar as I am. You've looked at every crook that I made. You've looked at every step. I'm going to tell you something, church. It's a dangerous thing for you to try to catch a preacher in his wrong. Hallelujah to God. Say, well, he ain't supposed to be wrong. He's human just like you are. Oh, yeah, but he's going to get the Bible, and, you know, uh, uh, we, we got to do something about that. I heard, told a preacher one time, we was in a conference one time uh, in a civil center, and he said, Alexander, he said, if I preach what you did, they'd, the board would call a board meeting, and I'd be gone tomorrow. I said, if I couldn't preach what the Bible said, in my conviction, I'd just be gone tomorrow. A woman called me to her house one time, and, said, Brother Alexander, and I see with you it needs to be done this way and that way. And I sat there very patient and listened to her and let her have her say. And after she got through, I said, are you through? She said, yes, I am. But I said, I don't do it that way. And if you do, I said, well, we, when we get tired of we just cut off our ties. I said, I wouldn't have your ties anyway because they will be abomination in me. You keep them. I'd be afraid if I had them things in my pocket, I'd be going down the road down there. You may call me city and somebody run over me and kill me. Hallelujah. I ain't worried about what God's taught me. I'm worried about what doing the will of God. Hallelujah. Moses said, all right, boys. This is your choice. Is this what you want? Yeah, this is what we want. Hallelujah. All right, this is the charge. Every one of you come out here and stay. But God told him, said, now Moses, you separate yourself. You and Aaron get away from me because I'm, I'm fixing to destroy. Hallelujah. Come out and stand in your tent door. Did you know them stupid outfits? Them real learned men? Them real educated fellows? They were so stupid and they were so dead sent, uh, set on they were right. Until they come out there just as bold as you please. And all the congregation come out there with them. They stood there and said, all right, Moses, do your thing. Moses said, all right, boys. If you all are leaders, I'm going to be exposed. But he said, if you all are false and your God hasn't called you to do it, he said, the very ground. 
consume the earth, consume them, and destroy every life one of them. And who do you think you are? And who do I think I am that can stand against God? Who do we think we are? I see some of these little old smart aleck things. Dear God, they think their, their, their position is so important until you've got to set up appointment with them. Hogwash. You know what he is? He is a false prophet. It is not in that book. We're going to meet in such and such a time. Now, if you want to meet with me, you've got to be you got to be in such and such a place. Dear God. Well, I know I've got to quit. But I'm talking about organized rebellion. And all of these things that I've seen, and all of my sweating guts screaming and hollering, could I tell you something and you wouldn't charge me too hard with it? There's going to be people walk out of these doors and take an offense against it until a sit of a benefit. Hallelujah. Let me just wind it up with this one thing, friend. Unless you do things willingly in your heart, there's no blessing. I've had people say, uh, and, 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 and let me just be, dear God, there's so many things that need to be said. But I've had, asked people to do things, they say, no, I ain't going to do that. And they say they're saved and got the Holy Ghost. You are a fool. I don't mean to say that you are dumb and not, not educated, and not, but the Bible calls you a fool. You know what you, what, what, and let me just explain the word fool. The Bible said that the man has said in his heart. The Bible said the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Hallelujah. Oh, saints get so old and crusted and so well educated and so versed in the Bible until they think they know more than what some young preacher come along and tell them. tell you something, friend. You better take another look at that book. Because that book don't teach it that way. Oh, God, could I remind you that Israel had a king that wasn't but seven years old? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say, Brother Alexander, I know what some of you think. Some of you Bible scholar boys click it in your mind just like a computer. Say, Brother Alexander, you told us here a while back that uh, no man was a, uh, able to enter into the priesthood until he was 30 to 50 years old was the priesthood age. It is and it still stands as under the law. But let me tell you another little story, honey. A king and a priest is not the same thing. So I'll just satisfy some of your little ego. How you know all of that? Huh? Well, the, God's not dead. 
He stood up. Well, I got to quit. I hope somehow that we'll arrive at something. Them fellas, they were swallowed up. They died. Oh, that's not up in this thing a long time. I was in Egypt before you was ever born. Yeah, and I was in it before Yavelton was ever born. Too. I was probably preaching before he was ever born. But whenever he gets up behind that you're not hearing the man, you're hearing an order to God. He stands in the position of God. Until you realize that, friend, you can never, 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 never get a hold of the right thing of God. I've heard churches say, well, what we need, we need an old seasoned preacher. <laughs> Hallelujah. No, that ain't what you need. You need a man that's got the fear of God in his heart that's walking with God and wants to please God and has got a burden to see people saved. Other than that, that's all the qualifications that God ever put on anybody. Hallelujah to God. God, love your heart. Will you stand and worship the Lord? On the organized rebellion, we uh, stayed on that about an hour last Sunday. How many of you remember? <laughs> you know... The Bible talks about them, you know, to be organized, to rebel. They have to be organized. But then we're going to, most of the day, we're going to try to get on to the God's remedy. God's remedy for sin. God has a remedy. Man don't have it, but God has it. But I want to read the uh, the mem uh, key verse to our... Uh, study today, and then we're going to back up on the uh, for a little while on the other and see what organized rebellion can destroy you. And every one of us, every one of us is born with a rebellious spirit. See, Eve, she didn't fall in the uh, way of Satan. She fell in her own way. Hallelujah. She didn't yield to the devil. She listened to him, and he got her. He knew that Eve was not going to fall in his hands, but if he could get them to end their own thinking, he knew that he could control that part of them. Hallelujah. If he could get them out of the thinking towards God, Man is against God. Your flesh, your carnal flesh, is intimate with God. The Bible says, and I believe it. Praise God. But our key verse is in Numbers 20, uh, 21, 8. And then John 3 and 14. If you have your book there, and let's just read that and we won't turn to both of them. But anyway... Make thee a serpent, and set it upon the pole, and it shall come to pass that every one that is bitten, when he looketh upon it, shall live. And Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. Even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Praise God. You see...
by looking to God, redeemed, we are redeemed from sin. All man can, all man can be saved and healed by looking towards God. Praise God. You may be seated. Praise the Lord. Everybody say praise the Lord. We We must somehow come to the place that we will have to bring ourselves and realize ourselves that we must somehow look to God in this hour. We cannot, we cannot save ourselves. No man can save himself. Hallelujah to God. And uh, no man can prolong his life. No man can say, well, I'm going to live such and such a years. You know, we go sometime and we act sometime by the scripture that God uh, would uh, give us a three life expectancy is three score and ten years. But it's not so that we can, that we're all guaranteed to live that long. It is not so because when you go to the graveyard, you see all sizes of graves down there. Praise God. But I'm going to say this one thing, church. It's going to be a lot better to live for God. Not only in the church house, but outside here. And I'm going to tell you, you're going to have a hard matter if you don't pray. People that will pray and read their Bible and consecrate their life is not having too hard a matter living for God. You might think that everybody's having their, well, everybody's got their problems. Don't misunderstand me. But there's the majority of people in here in this church is not having a hard matter living for God. Praise God. Now, I do not say that you're not having a hard matter as the world tempts you and tries you, but living for God is not a hard way to do. Say, so, yeah, but it's so strict. No, it isn't. The Bible said the way of a transgressor is hard. Praise God. It doesn't bother me uh, what the devil does to, uh, to me on the outside when I recognize it's him doing it. Hallelujah. The only, you know the thing that bothers me the worst is whenever the devil is taking advantage of the children of God that they're really not aware of it. And that's the reason sometimes that I, I rise up real hard. And, and I said at this service, if you're going to live carnal-minded, you're going to die carnal. The Bible said he, uh, the carnal mind is enemy to God. Praise God. Uh, and, and you can't live in a garbage pit without smelling garbage. Hallelujah. Oh, you can't go to a hog pen and waller walk around there in a hog pen. That's somebody's going to say, hmm, he stinks. Neither can we have sin in our lives 
and try to witness to somebody else that they don't know it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But you see, if we have godly in our life and we've lived under the sweet-smelling power, the perfume of God and the love of God is down deep in our heart, they smell that also. That's why I'm dear God somehow. And, and, and listen, you can't gauge a person's Christianity by their actions in church. Hallelujah. Let me run that by you again. You cannot gauge a man or woman's Christ, uh, Christianity by their actions in church. Because we're living in a time today that there's more as many deceivers in the church is not living for God as there is almost that are living for God. Praise the Lord. You know, it's hard to have to preach to that time that we're living in. But how can I gauge a person's Christianity? I'll tell you how you can gauge it. And the only way you can gauge it is how faithful they are. Not in part things, but in all things. Hallelujah to God. Praise God. How faithful are you to come to church? How faithful are you to attend the house of God? How faithful are you to one another? What is your dedication life to one another? Does it not matter to you what you do or say in front of the lost? If it does, you're not faithful to God. You're unfaithful. Hallelujah to God. The man or the woman will run around on their companion whenever their companion is gone. Hallelujah. They're not, they, they're called unfaithful. Hallelujah to God. Amen. Everybody say praise the Lord. Oh, listen, church, I've got to preach against that sin. Actually, it's hard on these younger saints. Really, it is. And I, do, I want them to know that there is a way that God will redeem them. And there is a remedy. God's got a remedy for us, friend. Even though we are rebellious in our hearts and although we are rebellious. And, and, and as hard as I preach, it, don't, it'll just, it just flips over. Even though that the very ones that you have most confidence in the world will rebel and won't be faithful does not mean that God does not have a remedy to redeem people from their sins and they can live for God. Let me just bring it just right down to the pulpit. If this preacher falls by the wayside and he is, uh, uh, loses out with God, that does not signify that God does not have a remedy that God will not redeem his loved ones. That people are not living for God. That does not signify they will do it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Organized rebellion. You see, you don't just, don't just drop out over uh, just suddenly. 
It is meditated. It is weighed. It is considered. Hallelujah to God. And then, of course, we mentioned these priests that got jealousy in their heart. And that's the hardest sin, I guess, that God deals with. One of the hardest sins that God deals with in the Bible is jealousy. That is a sin that is, I guess, is a, that everybody's got. Not me. Yeah, you have. Is jealousy. And you can't be faithful if you're jealous. So I trust them. But they can just kind of make a little shady and say, hmm. Hallelujah. The Bible said jealousy is cruel as a grave. Praise God. And if a person's not faithful, there will be jealousy. Praise the Lord. So what happened to these priests? They got in there, they got jealousy in their heart. They said in their mind, in their heart, said, well, don't we have the same authority? Isn't our duties as same as Aaron's and his sons? See, they failed to recognize that Aaron was the high priest. In other words, he was the mouthpiece. He with Moses, Aaron was a priest to hand down the law to the other priest that they could in, in turn minister to the people. Hallelujah. And Moses was the mouthpiece for, or the answer for Aaron. Because he was the leader. So these men, they got together and they, they said, well, well, you see, they wasn't being used in a temple in the same manner that Aaron and Elkar and the rest of the priests, they, they wanted a duty that didn't belong to them. And they said, well, we're the priesthood. And we're just going to, we're going to overthrow Moses and Aaron. You know, whenever people start talking to try to overthrow somebody or pick holes and to expose somebody, there's a jealousy there. Of course, I realize that I've got, I'm living in the time, we're living in the hour that, you know, people didn't pick your message. They didn't find fault, and they listened to the, you know what you, you know what you remember? The things that I say that is, thou shall not do. Just in the last few months, they say, well, Brother Alexander preaches against so-and-so. You see, you forget that you add to what Brother Alexander says. Hallelujah. So therefore, the Lord is really against you even repeating a tale from one to another. 
And the really the Bible teaches, don't be a talebearer. It didn't say to one or a dozen. Because God knows you couldn't tell it just alike. Praise God. You see, if you could learn, if they could have learned one thing, just to be an obedient to whatever Aaron and Elkar and left the rest, if they made a mistake, left it up to God to correct it, but I'm going to correct it. And what they did, they kindled the wrath of God. They set out, they got them 250 men, renowned men, captains and people that was over the rest of the people. They were leaders, and they got them together and had got them on their side. And then they they taken those 250 and went out throughout all the camp of Israel to sow that seed amongst the rest of them. And they said, really, if we get the majority, the Bible don't really say this. I've got to be careful how I say that. But they said, if we get the majority, this was our motive. If we get the majority of them, God is going to hear us. God is going to, because we're going to be the majority, and we're going to overthrow Moses and Aaron. We're going to make them look like first-grade primers. <laughs> Hallelujah. They didn't recognize and know. And they had forgot so quickly and so easily that God does not save the majority, but he saves the minority. They didn't recognize and know they had forgot so easy that the, the, the majority of Israel is not going to be saved, but the Bible said just a remnant of it. Hallelujah to God. So we better be careful how kind of a spirit we get against us to rebel against somebody's trying to do something for God. The best thing you can do and the best thing I can do is let God take care of it. Oh, but now listen, <laughs> I don't think so-and-so's are doing their job, and I can see where it could be done better. You better watch that spirit. Hallelujah. You've got to realize that God has always had a man to the head of it. Hallelujah. I've had people that come to me and, you know, some of these smart Bible students. And they say, well, you know, our pastor, I don't know why in the world he don't see things this, such and such and such. Hallelujah. And try to sow that kind of a damnable seed in my heart. And, and before you know it, you'll get to looking at it and you'll find that booger just like they're talking it. And it's not even there. I'm telling you, church, we better wake up to a fact, some few facts. Hallelujah to God. You can find more people that can tell you how to live for God, but they don't live for God themselves. So let me tell you something. There's nobody have a right to tell you how to live for God until he first lived for it. You don't have a Bible foundation at all. You're on sinking side. The earth is fixing to close in on you. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So what we do, Brother Alexander, I'll tell you what the Bible said. It said, let your yeas be yea and your nays nay. Other than that, it was sin. Hallelujah. Just for the benefit of these young ones that's coming in, Brother Crater and Sister Lee, I mean Sister Deanna, and all the rest of these here that's just coming, Brother Ricky, what happens in this church is not aired out to some of your kin folks that go to somebody else's church. That gets completely kept. It's just like things that happened in your family. You're not supposed to go air it out. I mean, there's every one of you's got some bad things that happens in your family. There's none of you perfect. But you don't go in and air it out in front of the public to the other people. If you do, I don't know what, how you think. Now, Brother Alexander, we're all supposed to be perfect. And we may all supposed to be perfect, and we're going to have to be perfect, but we're not. Hallelujah. Well, that throwed in for good measure. That was just a little lanyap. Hallelujah. I have children in other churches, and they come to me, and they start talking. I said, whoop, 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 whoop. I don't want to know what's going on. Oh, they'll air it out. Maybe I can see some boogers, and I do see some boogers, but they never know it. And maybe they, you see some boogers and aired out some, and maybe there is some boogers in here, but they, the man that you aired it out to should never see it. Hallelujah. So they said we were going to get together, and so Aaron, Moses, you know, things upset Moses so much. You know, when a congregation, or if you read Moses' life, when the congregation began to rise up, he was so concerned about him. He had such a love for him until, boy, it would upset his emotions. So he, he just, uh, this thing looked bigger than he could handle, and it was. It really was. Because all Israel just about was against him. They had got the biggest majority of them. And they had made it look so good until it was really, it looked all right. So, well, it's, it's so, 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 so. So it just upset Moses, and he didn't know but one thing to do, as he always did. He fell on his face. And if we could ever learn when we get upset, to fall on our face before God. God has got the answer. I said the Lord has the answer. And we could just learn that. That was put in there for our instruction. So he fell on the, his face toward, to, oh, to God, him and Aaron there, and they was really upset and disturbed. But God gave him the answer. He said, bring him out, go to the tabernacle. Bring him out there, and he said, I'm going to. But he did not uh, uh, let Moses know what was going to go on. And I don't know all the conversation. The Bible don't record it. And I don't know, and I don't want to add nothing to it. But uh, this is just my imagination. The Lord could have said, Moses, 
they have gone to the place of no return which man can. And I have dealt with them, and I have anointed them, and I've put them in a position. And he said, there's nothing I can do with them. There's nothing you can do with them. I believe that was went on in the mind of God. And I believe he let Moses know it because he told Moses, he said, bring them out there. And he said, I'm going to open the ground, and they're going to swallow them up. And when they walked out to their tent, they walked out there just as brave as just as brave as you please. They walked out there expecting victory for their rebellions. And for their rebellions, they got their wages. They got destruction. So it is to every one of us today. We can walk out and say, bless God, I've got the Holy Ghost. And I am uh, living for God. And I do this and I do that. And God's going to honor me for it. If there's a rebellion in spirit about it, you can look for destruction. You, got, you see, you've got to realize that they was not rebelling against Moses, but they was rebelling against God. And you've got to realize this one thing, church, when a person rises up against a preacher, you ain't rising up against a man. You are rising up against the Word of God. And I've got to tell you, there is nothing left but destruction. The earth is going to assume you. You're going to go the way of all the world. Hallelujah to God. Hallelujah to God. My wife was telling me yesterday, yesterday afternoon, of people that we prayed for when we was in another church, how that God reached down there and how that God miraculously over medical signs, over every hindrance in the world, restored a man's hand, restored and healed cancer. And uh, just one thing right after another that God did in answering to the prayers of the church and answering to the prayers of the saints, a land before God. Let me tell you something, friend. But somehow it never did sink down into their heart. And now after they have rebelled against God, God is finally getting tired of it and is coming back home, friend. And what is left is sad to say, but there's nothing left but destruction. It's a dangerous thing to rebel against God. It is really a dangerous thing. But I got news for you. We got a remedy. God did not leave us without a remedy. 